We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the Lakers quieted him down. What an impressive win for the Lakers. Back-to-back, maybe the best back-to-back victories for the Lakers. Tuesday night or Thursday night in Boston against the Celtics. And tonight they come in here and completely overwhelm the Knicks in the fourth quarter to get just their ninth road win of the season as they go back over 500 at 26 and 25. The Knicks, meanwhile, see their nine-game winning streak come to an end. And a rare home loss. The Knicks have been so tough at home now, 17 and 6 here at the Garden. Hey there, Nick fans. That'll be my last Macriism of the night, I think. Well, the Knicks Film School watch party jinx holds true. Or is it the Schmelk jinx? I'm not sure which one. Knicks, unfortunately, their nine-game win streak is snapped. They fall to the Lakers 113-105. to 105. Hi, everybody. I knew we were expecting Jonathan Macri right now on this Knicks Film School recap right after the Knicks-Lakers game on this Saturday night. Mr. Macri, I'm sure right now, is drowning his sorrows at the Knicks Film School watch party at T-Squared Social in Manhattan. Uh, but I am here subbing for the group. I got my man APJP on the controls here, making sure everything is working. We'll take your super chats. And, of course, make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Of course, go subscribe to the Knicks Film School podcast as well. Obviously, a disappointing night for Knicks fans. They fall to the Lakers again, 113-105. to 105. And, look... Regular season basketball, folks, I tend to take a bigger picture view of this sort of stuff. So let's not overreact to one loss, especially one at the tail end of a nine-game winning streak for the Knicks. And the truth of the matter is this loss was coming. And I think we saw the signs of it, even in that really good win against the Pacers a couple of days ago, which was a fantastic emotional victory that I know I enjoyed the hell out of. But again, it was not an offensive barrage in that game. and. With all these injuries the Knicks are dealing with, you know, put Mitchell Robinson aside, but Julius Randle, Quentin Grimes, OG Ananobi, at some point, a team was going to come out and say, Jalen Brunson, you are not going to beat us. You're not going to beat us as a scorer, and you're also not going to beat us as a passer. This wasn't trapping off of screen and rolls. This wasn't double teams when he gets the ball in the paint or gets the ball in the post. This was Jalen Brunson touches ball on other side of half court line double team comes and he has to get the ball out of his hands. And the bottom line is that the Knicks did not have a player tonight that was able to consistently take advantage of those double teams. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo had a pretty decent game. He played fine, but that was the one guy the Lakers weren't going to leave. And the Knicks could not find an answer. And heading into that fourth quarter, I thought Josh Hart, despite the fact he did not shoot the ball well, played a pretty good game. Uh, he did his usual hustle stuff. He played pretty good defense. Uh, he had that great rebound where he was outside the three-point line, outran Anthony Davis to the ball on the baseline. He was doing Josh Hart types of things. But the problem is when you don't have Emmanuel quickly anymore, you don't have the, you know R.J. Barrett anymore, and you don't have the guy you traded for on OG Ananobi, you don't have your second-best player and second-best scorer in Julius Randle, you do not have Quentin Grimes, who, who has not shot well recently, but he is a threat as a shooter and even a cutter and as a driver. When those guys are not there, teams understand the Knicks are limited offensively when Jalen Brunson does not have the basketball. 
So the Lakers made him give up the ball and the Knicks were not able to take advantage of those opportunities. And Josh Hart got the ball a couple different times, wide open from three, hesitated, didn't take the shot. And we all know right now, and we saw Josh Hart with that postgame comment uh, a couple days ago, a few games ago, when he said, you know, I hope I'll make a a shot before Jesus Christ returns to this earth. And he he still hasn't (laughs) for the most part. Uh, He did make that one baseline three earlier in this game, if memory serves. But the bottom line is that the Lakers said Jalen Brunson is not going to beat us. And the Knicks supporting cast was not good enough to get that done tonight. And part of that, again, they left Josh Hart open as the outlet. And he was not able to either hit the open shot or get into the paint and make the requisite play or pass to turn that possession into a score. And the other way the Knicks are able to take advantage of those types of double teams and rotating defenses as offensive rebounds. The Knicks did a decent job on the offensive class in this game. I checked late in the game. I think they had 16 offensive rebounds. I'll double check that number now to see where they wound up in terms of those offensive rebounds. Uh, They did finish the game with 18 and that looks like a good number. The problem is when you took a look at what happened after a lot of those offensive rebounds, Anthony Davis was in the paint. And even though he did not have a big game offensively, he was just four of 12 plus six did not score a ton of points, just 12, but 18 rebounds, four blocks. And those four blocks do not tell the whole story. He was bothering every Nick attempt when he was in the game in the paint. You know, Preston Zachua had that great game against the Pacers. He had a couple really good performances since his Randall's injury. The problem is that he could not get the ball up and over Anthony Davis. Even Hartenstein, when Davis was there, Hartenstein had trouble finishing over him. You saw, even earlier in the game, a number of drives by Knicks players where they would normally go up and try to shoot the ball. But guess what? Anthony Davis was there. And they tried to dish it off, pass it off, or they missed shots because of Davis's presence. And he was an absolute game changer inside. So when they cut the ball out of Brunson's hands, the Knicks either would have to make their threes. Guess what? They didn't. 10 of 35, 29%. Or they were going to have to punish the Lakers in the paint. And Anthony Davis prevented that from happening as well. And you're going to get your points via threes. You're going to get your points in the paint. And when the threes aren't falling and Anthony Davis is shutting down the paint, that's how this game turned out the way it did. The Knicks went from the 725 mark in the fourth quarter to the 42nd mark in the fourth quarter without scoring a point. Not making a basket, mind you. There were no free throws in there either. They did not score a point. Dante DiVincenzo made a three with 725 to go. And then I believe he scored a two was either on a drive or free throws. I didn't make a note of my notes here with 40 seconds to go. It was nearly a seven minute scoreless streak. Now, to the Knicks credit defensively, uh, they did a pretty good job of staying in the game. You know, the Lakers did not pull away during that seven minute stretch. Uh, I posted on Twitter right before the fourth quarter that LeBron was going to try to take over this game. And look, he did some LeBron things in the fourth quarter, made some nice plays. But for the most part, Precious Achua did a pretty nice job on him. Um, He did a good job, I thought. And then the Lakers did not pull away with their offense in that fourth quarter. The Knicks managed to keep that in that kind of three to six point area for a while during that stretch. But you cannot go six minutes and 45 seconds, which is exactly what it was without scoring a point late in an NBA game and expect to win it. Now, that's the small picture here, folks. And look, Jalen Brunson was great when he had the ball. Uh, 15 of 31, 36 points. Now, I will say the double teams bothered him at the end. You saw him lose the couple balls. Uh, he lost that one ball uh, on the left block. He threw one cross-quarter pass that went out of bounds. And you could tell he took a couple threes that were not good shots in terms of quality, in terms of good chance of making them. But he knew he had to score if this team was going to win this game. He saw the writing on the wall. I get it. He had to press a little bit, and it didn't work. Uh, this game is not on Jalen Brunson. He did the best he could. Uh, and again, I will say this, though. I know a lot of Nick fans got mad when a few weeks ago there was talk about, you know, Brunson 1A, whatever. I don't like labeling guys that sort of thing. I think it's silly. But this is where I think you see the lack of superior physical traits and athleticism from an explosive standpoint, where a guy like, you know, LeBron can, you know, power through a double team 
or you can shoot over a double team if you're a really tall player. A guy like Brunson is going to have trouble, you know, beating those double teams, especially when it was two big guys on him. A lot of times it was Torian Prince and LeBron. Those guys are long and athletic. It's going to be really hard to, for Brunson to beat those double teams and score when some of the other, you know, bigger, more imposing or more athletic players can maybe do a little bit better against those double teams. Brunson's going to have some trouble just because of his physical stature. And again, not on Brunson. He was fantastic. This game had nothing to do with him, them losing it. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, nice game. Six of 16 from three. He got a shot back falling a little bit. 10 of 22 from the field. 26 points. Some of those shots came at the end, but don't care. Six rebounds, four assists. Uh, just a really nice job by Dante DiVincenzo. And his ability to step up during the stretch with all of these injuries, I think has been eye-opening. I mean, the contract the Knicks have him on is a absolute bargain. You know, early in the year when he was shooting over 40% from three and it was a lot of wide open catch and shoot stuff, you know, we knew he could do that from when he was in Golden State. Uh, you know, we hadn't seen it for multiple years, so we wondered, you know, was that a one-year blip? Turned out not to be. It was great. But what he's doing now, shooting threes off movement, pumping, resetting, hitting threes, that's a different level of offensive player. So even when Randall gets back and Grimes gets back, I think you can feel good about DiVincenzo taking on a bigger offensive load to make up for the loss of RJ, to make up for the loss of Emmanuel quickly and take more of that offense off of their shoulders. Um, you know, but the bottom line here, folks, and again, Deuce McBride was three of eight, one of four from three. He had the nice and one uh, pesky defensively. He did okay. Uh, Jericho Sims did force that travel on that Torian Prince three late in the game by running out. But again, he's just going to be limited from an offensive standpoint. He is what he is at this point. Uh, we touched on Josh Hart. So that pressure to chew again, had trouble in the paint, just four of 11 from the field. I think Anthony Davis's presence had a lot to do with that, but he did a really nice job defensively on LeBron James. So I'm, I'm not going to give Precious a hard time in this game. He had a really tough defensive cover. Josh Hart was on LeBron a couple of times, but for the most part, it was a uh, Chua and, the Knicks really didn't help him double much. So nice job by Achua on LeBron, who finished with a nice stat line, 24 points, five assists, five rebounds, 10 of 19 from the field. But this was not a you know LeBron MVP type of game. So I thought he did it pretty good here. Now, I, I already saw the tweets coming in. Fans are like, oh, they, they have to trade for somebody now, right? You, you need a secondary ball handle with the bench unit. I mean, how are you going to survive? I'll just say this. Take a listen to the previous Knicks Film School podcast. Go back two episodes. It's on the YouTube channel, too. And again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks for being with us. Send in those super chats. We'll get to them in a couple of minutes here. I promise you. Okay? So when you take a look uh, and you listen to that podcast from a couple of days ago, uh, recorded Friday and posted Friday with uh, Jeremy, John, with Bobby Marks, you know, Bobby Marks, I thought, made a really good point. You know, you go out there and you add somebody. How many minutes is he playing exactly? 10 minutes? 12 minutes? What are you giving up for that player? Um, how much is he going to play, especially when a guy like Randall gets back, Ananobi gets back, Grimes gets back? You know, if you want to trade like a couple twos or maybe that Washington or Pistons protected one, you know, for a guy that has a contract heading into next season, which, you know, helps the cap if you want to make a trade. You know, we know about those machinations by now, right? We've, we've been through that a bunch of times here, and the guys have gone through that a lot uh, on the Knicks Film School podcast and the Knicks Film School YouTube channel and everything they do here in John's newsletter. But, you know, I'm not going to trade a serious asset for a guy that's going to come in here in a meaningful games once Randall gets back. It's barely breaking double-digit minutes. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, what happened in the fourth quarter in this game is not going to happen if OG Ananobi and Julius Randle, heck, Quentin Grimes is on the floor. What happened in this Laker game is not going to happen. You double team Brunson like that, and you get a pass to Randle at 18 feet away, he turns and he's basically running a four on three. It's over. It's over. He's going to power to the basket or make the right play and find an open three. This Laker defense does not work if Randall's there. It might not even work if OG Ananobi is there with his physicality and able to get into the paint. And frankly, if Anthony Davis isn't sitting there as your rim protector, this defense by the Lakers probably is not going to work. And how many other teams have a rim protector like that? You know, well, the Celtics, yeah, Porzingis probably. 
Sixers not anymore with Embiid's injury. Bucksburg Lopez, maybe. But they're not Anthony Davis either. So, look, I would not panic here. I would not make you rethink what you're going to do with the deadline. If you can do something small without hurting your long-term assets, sure, maybe. Uh, but, again, I, with the way this team is played, they play hard. They have enough players. It's not like they have minutes being played by players that don't belong out there and don't deserve minutes that they need filled. I get the want to add people. I do. And I do think to an extent, could another playmaker on the bench help this team? Sure. But when you get into the most important games in the playoffs and that guy's not even on the floor, you're going to say to yourself, hmm, was it worth it for the Knicks to send out an asset to add a player that's just not going to play a lot? I mean, who do you want to take off the floor? I think Deuce has earned his minutes. He's done a nice job. You know, I don't think it's moving the needle enough where I'm sending Grimes out and like a first round pick, uh, even one of the protected ones or something like that, or even one of the other. I, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't think that's helping you enough. I don't think it's moving the needle. Uh, I really don't remember. Jalen Brunson's playing 37 minutes, 38 minutes in the playoffs. That's what he's going to do. And that's what all stars do in the playoffs. And Julius Randle is going to be on the court, assuming he's healthy. And it looks he's, he looks like he's going to be. Now, if the Knicks know something that Randle's not going to be around, then, yeah, you want to add another score? Absolutely. But if they believe Randle's going to be back and OG's going to be back, I don't know. I, I'm just not sure that the bang for the buck you're going to get out of whomever you add is going to be worth the price of admission. So I would just warn not to overreact to this. They just won nine straight games. And, you know, John, I thought, did a great job on, on the Pacers post game. I was listening to that down in beautiful Mobile, Alabama, as I was recapping senior bowl practices. And what this team has done with these injuries has been amazing. Amazing. And that's your credit to Jalen Brunson. Because a star player is always the most important thing for any team. But also the head coach, Tom Thibodeau. On, if you thought if Macri wasn't here, you're not going to get some Thibodeau love? Well, you are incorrect. Here it comes. For Tom Thibodeau to have this team with all those injuries, win nine straight, and I know the competition wasn't great. I watch all the games, Hornets, Grizzlies, go through them. I know. Utah, I get it. I get it. Nets. Doesn't matter. Okay? He gets this team to play hard. They play a certain way. The players on this team play hard for him. And this team has been put together to play his style. And it works. It works. So that's where I stand. Disappointed by the loss, just like everybody else is. We'll get to your super chats here in a sec. But don't let this swing your overall opinion. Remember, teams are rarely as good as they are when they're playing their absolute best. Nine game winning streak. And they're not as bad as they are when they have a disappointing loss like this one. This was a unique circumstance that will not happen again once you have Randall back. Now, you want to talk about surviving the next two to three weeks? Remember, the All-Star break's in there too. That's going to give you some time where Randall might be able to get back where he's only going to miss, what, a handful of games? You know, when all said and done here? Let me take a look. When, how many games do the Knicks have until the All-Star break shows up? The Knicks right now have one, two, three, four, five games until the All-Star break. All right, Randall got hurt a few games ago. So that's going to be about three weeks will have gone by, give or take, maybe a little more than that even, when the Knicks come back from the break and they play at Philadelphia on February 22nd. That's three weeks. That's when that reevaluation is going to happen. Now, does that mean Randall's coming back in three weeks? No, that's a reevaluation. It could be more time after that. Get it. And those two games after the break, at Philadelphia, home versus Boston. I get it. And the next group of games, you got Memphis coming up, like I mentioned. Dallas with Luka. That's obviously, you know, tough. Indiana again. Then at Houston, at Orlando. Not easy, all right? This is not the games you just played against Charlotte, against Utah, against Brooklyn, you know, Toronto. After that, they made the trade. Washington, you know, teams like that, all right? I get it. It's not those teams. I understand. It's going to be tougher. But, you know... Will that one guy that you add maybe win you one or one more game? 
remember, it's going to take a little while to kind of integrate him in and figure out how to play with him. Not everyone comes in and is as awesome as OG was right away. So that's where I'll leave it on the trades. I know we got a lot of super chats here. Um, I appreciate the guys at Nick Film School giving me this opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. I am a uh, absorber of their content. I read the newsletter. I'm subscribed to the newsletter. Listen to the podcast when I can, when I'm not, you know, in depth on my NFL stuff. I um, want to thank GMAC for reaching out to ask me to do this. I'm looking forward to interacting with you guys tonight. Thank you to APJP for being at the controls, and hopefully I won't screw this up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why don't we get those super chats going? We'll get moving here. And again, the Knicks, a 113-105 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Here we go. From Perry, what's the real deal with OG not adding up? Um, Brian Gibberman on Twitter, who is a longtime Knicks fan. We've all interacted with him. He actually asked Ian Begley um, about this on Twitter today. And basically, Begley indicated Thibodeau has not said they've shut down OG. So I still think he's doing stuff, but Begley basically said that he doesn't feel comfortable going out there and playing right now. And understandably, guys, they're being cautious with him. Um, it's an elbow. It, you know, this is not a big deal. Um, I would not be overly concerned about this. I think they want to make sure he's right before he gets back. We've just all seen how important he is to this team. And I think they're just being cautious with him. I would not think this is any sort of you know, Nick's medical conspiracy, which I understand why fans would be worried about that, giving this team's long history of odd medical things. But I, I would not be worried about OG. I think the team is just being very cautious with him. And uh, when he's ready to come back, he'll come back. And I imagine that my feel is that it'll be sooner rather than later. Um, but we'll see. They could have used him tonight against LeBron. That's for sure. All right. Thank you, Perry. Good stuff out of you. And I understand we all want to see OG back. Uh, with the Knicks. Here we go. This one from Alex. There we go. Worst coach game by Tibbs all season. Zero adjustments left hard in there to kill them and let Lakers play into that crap by running an ISO offense. Um, I mean, I don't think it's an ISO offense. They were double teaming Brunson as soon as he got over half court. Um, that's not isolation basketball. Then you get the ball to, to the guy that the Lakers leave open and he has to make a play. And do you want to yank Hart there? Okay, who are you putting in? Deuce? I love Deuce McBride. I mean, but is is that changing things? With Anthony Davis waiting there in the middle? I don't know. I mean, I, I, to me, this is this is not a Tibbs game. This is a all your good players are hurt game. And Jalen Brunson, you know, can't really do much when he's got Torian Prince and LeBron James double teaming him the minute he has the ball in his hands and he steps over half court. Could Tom Thibodeau have put Deuce McBride in there for Josh Hart? I guess. To me, would that have made a huge difference in this game? No, I don't. Um, maybe when Hartenstein, Hartenstein picked up that fifth foul, since the Lakers are playing relatively small, could you have maybe gone with a small lineup of your own there? Instead of putting Sims in, you put Deuce in? Maybe, but then Precious Achua has to guard Anthony Davis. I'm doing the math in my head here. And then Hart would have to be in because he'd be only the only guy that could guard LeBron. So that would then change your defensive assignments there too. I'm not sure. They didn't seem to love Hart on LeBron in this game. He was on him a couple times. It was mostly Precious. So 
yes, could you have put Deuce in? Sure. But I think your guys are being put into a four on three situation. Um, either make the shot or get to the hoop and make a play. And again, Anthony Davis' presence in that middle, we can't discount that, guys. He's one of the best defensive big men overall, period, for everything he does. But as a rim protector, he's one of the best in the league. And we saw that really hurt the Knicks. And look, we know Josh Hart has not shot the ball well this year. Um, he hasn't been confident shooting the ball this year. You hope, unlike last year when he was great in the regular season, lost his confidence, couldn't hit anything in the postseason. Maybe this season will be the opposite, where the regular season he can't hit the broadside of a barn. And then in the postseason, he'll step up and he'll shoot it really well. I get it. Looking for someone to blame. Uh, you always look for the coach. I get it. But, I mean, guys, do, like, is Deuce McBride going to be the guy that that is that is going to make the difference with the ball in his hands on that outlet after the double team? Not buying that. Sorry, I'm not. Thank you, Alex. Good, good super chat, though. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for being with us, man. Um, I get it. It's frustrating, and, and you want to see the fourth quarter not look that ugly, which which it did. Dom Cappuccini! Ah, I enjoy saying that. The Knicks did a fantastic job staying above water until trade deadline. Tonight was evidence in spite of a hot run. We still need one more guy. Get him before time runs out. Say, I knew these super chats were coming, and I get why you think it. I do. And tonight, if you're telling me you don't have Randall, and you're not going to have OG, and you're not going to have Grimes, that you need one more guy? Absolutely you need one more guy. When those three guys are back, do you need one more guy? Not sure. Again, might it help you a little bit in the regular season? Sure. Once you get to the postseason and you're playing seven guys, how much is it really going to help you? Maybe eight guys in the playoffs? Remember, guys, look at all these players that we want to play here, okay? Obviously, assuming Randall's back, I'm going to count them for you, all right? You got Randall, you got Brunson, you got Hartenstein. Okay, those are your three easy ones. You got DiVincenzo. He's been fantastic. He's not going where you got OG. Those are your five. That's your starters. You're rolling with those guys, okay? Mitch gets back. That's six. Precious has been great. That's seven. Grimes is eight. Deuce is nine. Josh Hart is 10. 10. That's 10 guys you want to play. Does anyone think Tom Thibodeau is playing 10 guys in the playoffs? Anyone. Does anyone think Tom Thibodeau is playing 10 guys in the playoffs? No chance in hell. Other NBA coaches don't play 10 guys in the playoffs. And this is the point that Bobby Marks made um, in the episode John and Jeremy had with him on Friday. So might he help you in the regular season while these guys are hurt? Yes. Is it worth giving up a fairly large asset to, to make that trade to help in that limited period of time in these next six games or so? Eh, I'm not sure if it's worth it, to be honest with you. Again, it depends what you're giving up. It depends who you're getting and all that stuff. But look, if you get a new guy, Deuce ain't playing. Like if you trade for Malcolm Brogdon, you can kiss Deuce minutes goodbye. They're gone. They're gone. I think he's done enough here to, to earn a way to play. And again, what happened in the fourth quarter tonight does not happen if Randall's healthy, if OG's out there, even if Grimes is out there. Okay? It's a different ball game. And it's different if Anthony Davis isn't sitting there, you know, guarding the rim, sitting in the middle of that defense and preventing guys from making easy shots at the hoop and then preventing guys from grabbing offensive rebounds and going back up and scoring. You know, even the Knicks did get those offensive rebounds. They couldn't get the putbacks in there. And I, I, I do think that was a big factor here. Um, Anthony Davis's presence inside was just, you know, really unbelievable. Remember this, guys. Right now, where the Knicks are, they are missing five rotation players. Okay? Five. It's a lot. It's a lot of rotation players that they're missing. They're missing Mitch. They're missing Randall. They're missing Grimes. And they're missing OG. Well, I guess that's four. Sorry. Math not my strong suit. That 11.30 on a Saturday night. I'm a little exhausted, by the way. It was on an eight-day trip. So bear with me if I mess up small things like that. Um, but again, you have to decide if that small bounce in the regular season over the next couple weeks before the all-star break. And again, you have to work the guy in. How quickly does he actually help? Does it mess up your chemistry? This team's playing so well, you know, they really get along. Do you want to put another guy in there that might mess things up? 
all of that. They're, it's all factors. And again, I, I go listen to that podcast with Bobby, Jeremy, and John. They talk about all this. And again, I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not saying I wouldn't do any trade to add somebody, but I'm not going to send a significant asset out for somebody that I don't think is going to play a significant role given the number of players that you want to play and Tom Thibodeau wants to play. So I think it makes it a little bit difficult. Um, when you look at it, I think a guy like Jordan Clarkson is probably the one guy that I think would probably, you know, basically take Grimes's rotation spot and frankly, probably take Deuce's minutes in, in the postseason. And you could get him 20 minutes a game, maybe, you know, and that's a guy that I, I think I would consider doing something with. But all indications are Utah wants a ton for him, a ton. So uh, again, I'm not sure that's that's necessarily a price you want to pay. But of all the guys that have been out there and names, that's the one guy that would be slightly attractive to me more than like a Brogdon, who I think again, again, I think you run into the part part where you know I just don't know how many minutes he's going to play. But we'll see. I could be wrong. The Knicks might decide that that they really need to add somebody. But then again, we're going to be in. Uh, minutes crunch mode here and it's going to be why isn't this guy playing more why isn't that guy playing more we're going to run into that kind of same issue as we had earlier in the year dom great to answer your super chat that was fun appreciate you checking in um right here and again nick's fall to the lakers 113 105 if you're just checking in you're taking your super chats nick film school game recap Jonathan Macri is probably, I'm guessing, on his way home from the city. I was going to play a quick game today as the John Macri's drink of choice. Uh, but then I was informed by my spy over at the watch party that there might not have been one individual single drink of choice. There might have been multiple drinks. So <laughs> I listed the picture with one particular beverage. If you guys want to send in some guesses as to what that particular beverage was, we can play that game as you go along here with the Super Chats. I'd love to hear from you. Um what was John drinking in the picture that GMAC sent me from the watch party? Check in. Let us, let us know what you think. This one comes in from Deadward604. Heavy minutes finally caught up. It showed on offense in the fourth quarter. Hopefully OG and uh, Quentin Grimes back soon. Totally different game with one of them playing tonight. Absolutely right. And it's just one of them. You know, Even if you push Randall aside with the shoulder, if you have Grimes or OG out there, it makes all the difference. OG is so good finishing around the rim. Even with Anthony Davis there, He's such a long physical player. I think he makes a difference. He's a good decision maker. You know, if he's the outlet on some of those double teams instead of Hart, then, you know, I feel better about his decision making in those spots or just frankly hitting the open three. You know, he's a smart player. He's big. He's strong. He can make those decisions. You know, Grimes is a pretty good driver and disher. He can certainly hit the open spot up three um, better than anyone else that's out there for the next other than. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo and, of course, Brunson himself, who's, who's getting doubled there. So, Deadwards, I'm with you. Um, that's how I look at this. Um, and again, I'm not sure if it's the minutes catching up. I just think it's the lack of help around Brunson. <laughs> I mean, guys, what if I told you earlier this year, the Knicks managed to win, uh, I don't know how many games it was with that Randall now, what, four games, five games? Um, with Dante DiVincenzo as their second best offensive player. And that's what... He is right now, right? DiVincenzo is the next second best offensive player right now. If I told you that was the case back in November, you would have been like, oh my God, what happened? This team's not going to win any games, right? That's what I think the reaction would have been. So for me, this is just a matter of not having enough guys out there to make up for the fact that. Jalen Brunson's getting double teamed and you can make the other team pay for double teaming your best player. And that's what this looked like. And that's because to, to Deadward's point that your good players are out. Grimes and Anobi, Randall. It's just the way it is. Thanks, Deadwards. Good point. Appreciate the super chat. Keep coming in, guys. We'll take them um, until we run out here, right here on the Knicks Film School postgame recap. Jamie checks in. This OG stuff, sorry, I'm used to doing stuff for the Giants. I, I try to keep the PG, but I guess I don't have to here. So maybe I'll let loose here. This OG shit's getting concerning. Are they waiting for good news about JR before announcing bad news about OG? Cards are way too close to the chest. I don't know. You know, Ian Begley has his finger on the pulse of this team better than anyone. I mentioned the... Um, 
podcast that you should listen from Friday with John and Jeremy with Bobby Marks. We'll go back uh, one or two episodes before that. Go check out the feed. Um, check out the one with Ian Begley. And John asked him about OG um, again. And I mentioned the the back and forth he had with 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 the Gibberman on on Twitter today. And I feel like if there was something going on there, Begs would be all over it. I really do. Um, I just don't think it's I, I, I don't think it's a huge deal here. I don't. You know, we never saw him have a serious injury and leave the game, right? It's not like we saw him get helped off the court. This seems like something that's a little sore, a little chronic, and they're trying to rest it so it works out so he's good the rest of the year because they realize how important he is. So I get the concern. I'm concerned about OG's health as well. Uh, he's probably the third best player on this team, a third most important player on this team. You could argue he's maybe even the second most important player on this team, uh, depending on how much you value his defensive versatility and how much he helps on that end of the floor. But he's important. I just think they're trying to wait to make sure they get him back healthy. I don't think that there's a conspiracy going on there. Jamie, thanks for checking in. We appreciate it. All right. Keep those super chats coming again. We'll take them as we go here. Uh, Paris checks in. I art and Josh art killed us by being soft on offense. Uh, look, Josh art does not have a good offensive game. He didn't. And he's going to have games. He has not shot the ball. Well, this year he was hesitant when he was open. And when he drove, he couldn't either. He didn't really try to finish much around the room, but he didn't make uh, enough plays to create open shots for others down the stretch of this game to take advantage of those double teams. And I keep coming back to the same thing here, guys. I just don't think this is an overcomplicated loss. Um, I really don't. I, I think it's fairly simple, and I don't think we should read too much out of it. But look, look, Josh Hart was rough. And, you know, and again, until that fourth quarter, I thought Josh Hart did Josh Hart things that helped the Knicks get a lead. You know, hustling for rebounds, playing defense, getting steals, you know, all those sorts of things that Josh Hart does that some show up on the stat sheet, some don't, some are intangible. He was doing all those things. The problem is that when you put an offensive onus on him, that he has to be the playmaker, he has to be a guy uh, that runs things, that makes plays for himself and others, score points, create points for others, that's where he's not going to excel unless he happens to have one of his really good games and he's feeling it. And again, I thought he was okay in the first half, but in the fourth quarter, um, it went haywire. It did not go well. And that's not great for Josh Hart. And if he played better in this game in that fourth quarter offensively, the score could have been different. As for Hartenstein, you say he played soft. I say Anthony Davis is awesome. I'm a big opponents guy, and you judge guys by who they're going up against. Um, you know, and Anthony Davis is great. You know, Hartenstein, did he miss some shots around the hoops he usually makes? Yeah, he did. Um, but uh, I can't kill him for the game that he had. Hartenstein in 33 minutes. They'd have 15 rebounds. Uh, he had two block shots. He was just minus three in the game. He had only six points. The two of nine from the field hurts. And I'm sure that's what you're looking at. And again, it's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is really good. He's a really good player. Um, so did Hartenstein have his best game offensively? Certainly not. But the reason is Anthony Davis. So I, I would not lose my mind about that either. Parrish, good stuff. Appreciate it. Thanks for the super chat. Always good to hear from you. Um, let's go to our next one. Sam Garcia's dad. Thanks for doing this, John. Your KFS fam. Well, I hope so. Um, been listening to these guys for a long time. I went back when I had my bank shop podcast before I had two kids and I had to not get divorced and give up the podcast and just focus on football. Um, uh, I had John on the show and I love the job. The guys here in Nick's film school does. I had Jeremy Cohen on the show. They're, they're great. They're fantastic. So um, I'm happy to help them out tonight is hopefully despite the loss, they and the KFS family had a really good time uh, out there at the watch party, despite the result, which I'm sure put a damper on the end of the night, but I'm sure they had a lot of fun pregame. And then at least through the first uh, three and a half quarters or so. Anyway, wish it was under better circumstances. So do I, I was worried about coming in here to break the nine game, winning streak, but apparently the watch party losing streak is something. So hopefully that gets blamed for this and not me, but eh, whatever. Who should the Knicks get at the deadline and who do you think they get? <sighs> Again, I think the guy that I would like is probably Jordan Clarkson. Um, I think his contract's good too, the way it sets up. Um, he's a guy that can be instant offense, create, 
shoot, get to the basket, do all that stuff. He's kind of, I think, would pick up some of the quickly instant offense slack off the bench that they've lost with him going off to Toronto. I do think he would give you some of that more so than a Brogdon. But the problem is that I really think the price is going to end up being too high. I do. And I think the price for a lot of these guys is going to be too high. You know, I don't really want to trade Quentin Grimes for a guy that's going to help you for two or three weeks and then get buried once Randall OG and is are back and healthy. That doesn't interest me that much, to be honest with you. Do I think the Knicks would do something? I would guess something minor. Again, I would like Clarkson. I don't think it's going to be Brogdon because I do think they believe that Deuce McBride has been good enough where they don't feel a need to add at that spot. And they know that once you get to the playoffs, Brunson's the point guard and he's going to play so many minutes. The backup point guard's not going to play a ton anyway. And if you stagger Brunson and Randall's minutes, which I think is a fair criticism of Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau where he doesn't stagger those guys enough and they play most of their minutes together. Um, I think you can mitigate that problem a whole lot. So there's that. But do I think they wind up with somebody at the deadline? I'm going to say no. I think they stand pat. I don't think they're going to figure out something that works where they're giving up not too much and they're getting a player that they think will impact this team in a serious way. Now, if they know something about Randall that we don't, if they know something about OG that we don't, if they know something about Grimes that we don't, that conversation might be a little bit different. Okay? That conversation might be a little bit different. But as we stand now, my guess is that the Knicks will stand pat. Uh, this, by the way, was not a great day for the Knicks in the standings either. Uh, we'll get to your last couple of super chats in a second, but I wanted to update this. Uh, both the Bucks and the Cavs won. So the Knicks dropped down to the four seed in the playoffs. Um, let me see what the final scores of those games were. I'll get that for you guys here. Uh, the Sixers did lose. That helped the Knicks earlier in the day. The Knicks beat them 136 to 121. Jeez, 136. Cam Thomas had 40 points in that game. Uh, the games from tonight, the Bucks defeat the Mavericks 129-117. Giannis, 48, six rebounds and 10 assists. Jeez. Um, so they got the win. And then Cleveland continues to play well. They they smack around the Spurs, 117-101. Donovan Mitchell continues playing just phenomenal basketball. Uh, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists for him. So that does not help the Knicks as they drop to the 4 spot. And really, I was talking to somebody about this today. What I think the key for the Knicks here the rest of the way is, is pretty simple. Avoid the Celtics in the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> You don't want to see Boston until you get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what you want to avoid. So try not to finish in the 4-5 hole. I would rather finish in the 6 spot and play whomever the 3 seed is, three seed is than finish 4-5 or five and have to take on Boston around 2. I want no part of the Celtics for as long as I can go. You know, I think the Bucs are dangerous. Would I love to face them in round 2? Certainly not. Or round one, depending on if they finish second or third, I still think they'll finish second. No, you know, Dame late in games in the playoffs is scary as hell with his range. And Giannis is a monster. I know, you know, their defense isn't bad this year. They obviously just changed coaches and all that stuff. I get all that, but I just don't want to see Boston until the conference final. So try to figure out a way to get to either that two or three spot, or I would rather be six than four or five, to be honest with you. I really would. You know, I don't care if I'm facing Cleveland or Philly in the first round. I'll take either one of them. I'm fine with either team. I'll risk that rather than having to deal with the Boston Celtics in the second round of the playoffs. So not a great night in the standings for the Knicks as they lose. And then, of course, two of their rivals come out with wins. All right, let's get back to the Super Chats here as we tail off here. As the Knicks again fall to the Lakers, 113-105. Their nine-game winning streak is snapped. Here we go. 
What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, PrizePix. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With the NBA season more than midway through and the NFL season with just three games left, now is as good a time as any to pick combo projections across sports from the Specials League. For example, on any given night, take Jalen Brunson over in points, Julius Randle over in rebounds, or OG Ananobi over in steals. Then combine it with two NFL props, like Patrick Mahomes over in passing yards, Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards, or Christian McCaffrey over in touchdowns. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepix.com KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Good intro, Schmelk. I appreciate that. Key was Hart's lack of a jumper. Absolutely. Ebbs and flows. We were due for a loss. Agree. Barring another 40 from JB or 30 from Dante. Also, go G-Men. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll come with you. You know, you're not going to win forever, especially with all these injuries. I thought it was when I saw that OG wasn't going to play tonight. I was really worried about this game, to be quite honest with you. I was. You know, matching him up against LeBron, I think opens up a lot of other things that you can do. You know, and then at the end, when you double team Brunson again, I like the idea of OG being that connector and being that outlet and run those four on threes much better than a Josh Hart. So that's kind of where I wound up with that. But look, I'm with you. I, I, again, don't overreact here, folks. This team's still in great shape. They're playing great basketball. They're being coached really well. And I think uh, the management's done a, done a great job, too. So I'm with you. MK21. Good super chat. We appreciate it. All right, let's go to our next super chat right here on our post-game show. This one comes in from Armin. Yo, Schmoke, I thought I played a Giants video by mistake. You did not, but go go play those Giants videos too. Giants.com, it helps me out. Great to see you here. I'm happy to be here as well. I just recently found this channel. Oh, well, that's great, man. Well, if you're a Knicks fan, Armin, you found the right channel. All right? You know, Knicks fandom is unbelievable. The loyalty of this group despite, to be frank, the plate of absolute shit this franchise has fed their fans for the better part of 20 years. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember the glory days of the 90s. And I was born in 1981, so I was 11 when the Xavier McDaniel Knicks, and I call him the Xavier McDaniel Knicks because he was traded after that year, you know, pushed the Bulls to the brink. He basically bitched Scottie Pippen. <laughs> for lack of a better term, for um, seven-game series against the Bulls. They came up short. Then, of course, you know, you have Charles Smith, Rockets, Pacers. We can go through it, but the 90s were great. You know, Allen Houston against the Heat, LJ four-point play, all that great stuff. I was there for that. I remember those glory years, and it wasn't the ultimate glory. You never won a championship, but watching those Nick those 90s Knicks plays basketball were some of the best sports moments of my childhood. Look, I was fortunate enough to be a Yankee fan as well. So I obviously got those, which were, which were great um, winning all those world series, but you know, Knicks fans of a younger age, I imagine that's probably sparing Sam Garcia's dad, of course, are most of the people that are on this channel and watching this. And a lot of you guys did not have the opportunity to enjoy those glory years. And you grew up on Howard Isley and, Othella Harrington, Clarence Weatherspoon, go later, Tim Thomas, Stefan Marbury, Jerome James, Andrea Bargnani. Of course, you had, you know, the, the, the one good year with Mello, you had Linsanity, all those, you know, moments that were fun. But there were a lot more moments that weren't. But the fact that Nick fans stuck with this team, you guys are wonderful. You're fantastic. You do a great job. Um, and I think 
this place wouldn't exist without you. And to John's credit, uh, to GMAC's credit, uh, you know, all the Jeremy, all the guys here that do such great stuff, Ben, DJ, all the guys, they're, you know, wonderful. They're great. Um, study hall group, casual group, all the guys that do such a fantastic job here. Uh, it's a credit to Nick fans and you found the right spot, you know, podcast, YouTube channel, uh, the newsletter, all the stuff that Macri has put together here as the Dean of Nick's film school. Um, I'm happy you found us. I found them as I'm pinch hitting here for the group. Um, after this Nick's loss, good stuff, Armin. Appreciate the super chat. All right. We got about four to go here. And if any more come on, we will uh, try to take some more as well. Um, as you go along here, this one in from Jason, I'm confused. You'd find Clarkson up to 20 minutes per game in the playoffs, but not Brogdon better shooter defender. Brogdon fits better and is cheaper. Um, I think Clarkson is a much better score. That's what they need off the bench. I do. Um, Yes, he's a better defender. I agree with that. But I think Clarkson does much more as a scorer. And I think that's the microwave thing you want off the bench. That's why I think the price for Clarkson would be a lot more than the price for Brogdon as well. That's the way I see it. I agree with you. I don't think Brogdon's a bad fit. But um, for me, I think Clarkson would be the guy that I would prefer. Just because of his ability to kind of put the team on his back for periods of a time and score. He's a little bit longer than Brogdon, I think too. I'm not sure what their wingspans are. I know Clarkson is listed tight as a, is a little bit bigger than Brogdon. I believe I'm double checking that right now. And I think that would give, um, Thibodeau probably more leave here to allow him to play a couple more minutes. Yeah. Brogdon's six, four Clarkson six, five. So really not, not that big of a difference there. I get it. Um, could I find Brogdon 20 minutes per game in the playoffs? I guess. Could he take Deuce's minutes and Grimes' minutes the same way I would with Clarkson? Sure. Would I want to play Brogdon over Grimes? I guess. I could be sold that. I could be sold that. I just think Clarkson's microwave scoring ability is something that appeals to me a little bit more than Brogdon, who's a steadier player, to your point, better defender, to your point. Don't disagree with either one of those points. Better pure ball handler and point guard. I agree with that too. But I would value Clarkson's scoring, which I think will be a problem for this Knicks team in the playoffs more than they need a ball handler. I think they need a guy that can just score. You know, when these defenses tighten up in the playoffs, you know, we'll see what Randall can do. Hopefully he has a better playoff run this year than he's had in years past. I give him more of a pass last year than most people do for two reasons. One, he had to have surgery in that ankle after the playoff run. I think that's a big part of it. And he also played against two of the best power forward defenders in the league. Going against the Cavs and Mobley. And then, of course, the Miami Heat, who have a perennial defensive player of the year in Bam Adebayo. So... I think that had a big part to do with it too, to be quite honest with you. So with that said, I think other than Randall and Brunson, you want somebody that can consistently or has the ability to create their own shot in the playoffs. Brogdon can run a pick and roll. He can distribute. He can ball handle. But we've seen Clarkson for five, six minutes at a time in the playoffs, you know, just get hot start making shots and making plays and ISO scoring. So I would value that more than what I would get from Brogdon's better defense and better point guard play. And that's how I think I would land on that, to be totally honest with you. Would I hate Brogdon here? No, I think Brogdon's a good player. Would he, I think he make this team better overall? Sure. But same thing with Clarkson. I mean, what's the price? And then, then that's really what this is going to boil down to when all is said and done. Jason, appreciate the super chat. Good stuff. Again, like Brogdon, you can find 10 minutes, but again, I think Clarkson gives you the scoring uh, that you want. Um, Clarkson gives it more so than Brogdon does. Um, APJP, how many more super chats do we have here? Let me know in the chat, but let's go to Sam Garcia. Thanks for doing this, John. Sam, thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. Happy you're listening. Hope everybody out there had a good time at the watch party too. Um, I'm sure the guys had a great time. Uh, from what I saw, 
the place looked pretty awesome. The bar looked pretty unbelievable. So I'm sure the whole group out there um, did great. All right, we got one more super chat. Let's check it out. Who do we got? Again, Knicks fall to the Lakers, 113-105 here at Madison Square Garden. Tough one. This one from Wilton. Here we go. Lakers played outstanding defense. They seemed hyped to be an MSG tonight in this atmosphere. Most teams do. It's one thing the Knicks have to deal with. They always deal with the team's best playing in the garden. We'll come back from this. Just need our guys back. Let's go Knicks. I agree. And look, you got to give Darvin Ham credit. You know, he did a really nice job deciding to just say, Jalen Brunson ain't beating us. Make somebody else do it. And DiVincenzo did it for a couple plays. But when all was said and done, you know, the Knicks could not make the plays when they needed at the end of this game without Jalen Brunson being able to do much, getting double teamed as soon as he crossed half court. It happens. You know, you're going to lose games like this sometimes. And it's a shame to lose to LeBron. It's a shame to lose to the Lakers. It's annoying. I do not like the Lakers. They annoy me. They annoy me back to Kobe. They annoy me back to Shaq. Want to go back to Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel? They annoy me then too. Um, I would love to have the Knicks to beat them tonight, but was not to be and give the Lakers credit for that. Remember, who's out there on the floor? And Anthony Davis, man. Whew. That guy, when he's healthy, you know, even if he doesn't do a lot offensively like tonight, he is just a difference maker on defense. And the Knicks, the way they're able to make up for their bad shooting and their bad offense is by pounding the glass and dominating the paint. And they were not able to do that tonight because of Anthony Davis. They just weren't. And to his credit, you know, he did not allow the Knicks to do that. You know, the Knicks outscored the Lakers by 10 points in the paint. 17 second chance points for the Knicks. I'm looking at the game book right now. 17 second chance points for the Knicks sounds pretty good, right? 54 point point sounds okay. You know what the Knicks were on second chance shot attempts? Six of 16. Six of 16 on second chance shots. That sums up Anthony Davis's presence and effectiveness right there. Six of 16 on second half, second chance, pardon me, shot attempts. Tough to win. You know, all of a sudden those 18 offensive rebounds aren't as impactful if you're only six of 16 for 17 points on those 18 offensive rebounds. So I'm curious to see here. They have the second half summary. I'm curious to see how many of those second chance points came specifically in the fourth quarter. Uh, Knicks, two second chance points in the fourth quarter. 0 of 4 in the fourth quarter on second chance points. Overall in the second half, let's see. Um, wow, how about that? Folks, here we go. Second half, Knicks only four second chance points. One of seven. You want to know why the Knicks lost the game? There it is. That's why they scored 46 points in the second half. That's why they went almost seven minutes without scoring a point. That's why they scored 19 fourth quarter points. Second half, four second chance points, just one of seven on those shot attempts. And in the fourth quarter, uh, just two second chance points, 0 of 4. When you're not hitting threes, and then you can't dominate on the offensive glass in the paint because of Anthony Davis, that's how you get a loss. All right, good stuff, Wilton. I agree. I'm happy you motivated me to look at the game book and crack down um, on some more of those numbers to exactly um, see what happened there. Um, here we go. Jason, I think this is the same question you asked before with Clarkson and Brogdon. Yes, I think we have that one. So I believe APJP, that is it. Here we go. Tingus. A chew on heart killed us because they couldn't hit threes when everyone is back. Won't be as important, but they terrify me in the playoffs. Love heart, but he got to go. Um, you hit it tonight. When those two guys with Hartenstein are on the court late in games, you do not have a ton of shooting. And that's a problem. And you're right. When you have Randall and OG and Quentin Grimes back, that ain't going to matter as much. So agreed. Um, I think you hit it. And Achua was not able to do what he did in the paint like he did against Indiana because of Anthony Davis. Again, we go back to the opponent, right? So I think you hit this out of the park. I agree. 
The Achua part is not going to be as big of a deal in the playoffs, but he's going to be limited uh, in terms of minutes played a ton. You know, there's a chance he's not even in the rotation once you get to the postseason. Anton Thibodeau tightens us up to a, you know, if, if Mitchell Robinson's back and you're looking at an, let's say they play eight, and you're looking at the five starters, I'm going to include Hartenstein there. You have Mitch coming off the bench. You have Josh Hart coming off the bench. And those are going to be your main seven, okay? And then the eighth guy will probably be whomever gets those point guards minutes, right? If it's Deuce McBride, if it's someone that they acquire before the trade deadline, that's who's going to be the eighth guy to get those minutes. Could they, you know, if you're playing a bigger team, like if you get the Cavs again and you're dealing with, you know, a couple of bigs, could you... Or, you know, another team plays bigger. Could you play at you a couple minutes? Sure. You know, do I see Tom Thibodeau playing Josh Hart fewer minutes to play Precious at you? Don't. Got to be honest with you. You know, I, I don't see Tom Thibodeau doing that, to be quite honest with you. So I'm with you. And Josh Hart's frustrating. I get it. You know, <laughs> he had a terrible pass in the first quarter too that I wrote down in my notes here that LeBron stole turned into an easy two. Um, he clearly does not have confidence in a shot. Um, his decision-making can sometimes be pretty wonky, but then he has his one man fast breaks and he hustles for these rebounds. He gets these steals. He'll, you know, get a ball on the paint late and he'll do these things that help you win games, especially late in these games. I was talking to my brother today who used my, I have a next season ticket holder. He used my season tickets. I was down in mobile and he went to the Pacer game. I was texting back and forth. I was watching the game on MSG Plus down there as I was writing my practice report. So I'm watching the game, and I text him. I go, Josh Hart, every game in the fourth quarter, he seems to make one steal, one hustle play, a save, one offensive rebound. You know, he makes one or two or three of those plays late in every game that can turn a loss into a win. And those plays do matter. They do matter. And do I think Tom Thibodeau maybe thinks they matter a little too much sometimes? Yes. Where sometimes a little bit more shooting might help more. Yes. I think that's fair. Um, I think that's a fair criticism. Um, you know, against certain matchups when teams are playing smaller, would I like to see maybe Quentin Grimes get a couple more of those minutes that usually would go to, you know, Josh Hart? Maybe depending on the opponent and if, you know, Grimes is hitting the shots, which he has not done a great job of even before the knee injury. So I do think that's a weakness for Thibodeau. He loves Josh Hart. And I understand why Thibodeau loves Josh Hart. He's a really good player and he helps you win games. But sometimes like in the fourth quarter of this game, the lack of shooting can make the Knicks offense very painful to watch. Very painful to watch. But again, if Randall's there, if OG is there, and Ananobi and Randall on the front court with Hartenstein, and it's DiVincenzo and Brunson in the backcourt, Hart's not even on the floor in that spot. Now, does Thibodeau force him on the floor and sit down DiVincenzo? Maybe. That would annoy me. It would be silly in my opinion. But, you know, the Hart offense is not as important when those other guys are on the floor. The problem is that when all those guys are hurt, you need Josh Hart to be an important cog offensively, and sometimes you're just not capable of doing it. And that's kind of how I look at it. Guys, this was fun. I appreciate all the people watching on the YouTube channel, all the people listening, and the people that listen on the, the podcast once this is over. I had a ton of fun doing this. Thank you, GMAC and, and, and John, for asking me to do it. Um, I do miss doing my old Knicks podcast. Um, again, I had to give it up because kids, life, not enough time, sleep, and then football. And a lot of you guys probably know me. I've been on the podcast before. If you're also a Giant fan, I'll do a little self-promotion here. Go check out um, all our Giants podcasting content. Go to Giants.com, Giants mobile app, our two main podcasts. Well, we have three now because of the draft. Um, but our, if you're a Giant fan, you have Big Blue Kickoff Live. We're live every day at 1230 to 1.30. Take calls from fans. Um, it's a very fan-based show. It's also on a podcast, just like this one is. Then you go with Giants Huddle Podcast. That's our interview podcast two to three times a week. We interview players, coaches, uh, analysts, 
Make sure you go check that out. Um, again, Giants Huddle Podcast. And then finally, if you're a fan of the draft, even if you're not a Giants fan, folks, this is a draft podcast. If you like the NFL draft, it's called Draft Season. Tony Pauline, who's been covering the draft for 30 years, he was attending the Combine before he was even televised um, in the 90s. Me and him cover the draft uh, once a week. Just search for draft season on your favorite podcast platform. Go to the Giants app, giants.com slash podcast. Um, we do draft. We're both down at the Senior Bowl. We're both there at the Shrine Bowl. Um, and we cover a lot of the draft stuff. So if you're a football fan, make sure you go check that out. And if you're a Nick fan, um, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Schmelk, as you well know. Uh, a lot of promotion of my Giants content, but there's also a lot of um, Nick tweets during games where I can actually start the games on time and I'm not putting the kids to bed. So again, thanks to the guys for doing it. Fans, I appreciate you watching. Thanks so much for being with us today on the post-game show of the Knicks Film School post-game recap. And again, you can find this show on podcast form on the Knicks Film School podcast feed. Just search for it on your favorite podcast platform. Thumbs up if you like the show. Subscribe if you like the channel. Thanks to the guys. Knicks will try to restart a winning streak in their next contest. Um, as their schedule moves ahead here. Their next game is Tuesday, February 6th against the Memphis Grizzlies at home. Then they have Dallas on February 8th. I'll be at that Dallas game in person. Looking forward to it to, it, to see Luca in person. Again, thanks to APJP for holding things down on the side, on the controls. We appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. I'm John Schmelk. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Next Film School YouTube channel and podcast feed. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.